That's the way it ought to be when we come together. We have peace with God. We have access by faith into grace. And for that reason, there ought to be rejoicing and hope today. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations. Uh Uh-oh. Knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure, or perhaps for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Oh, let's love the Lord for his word today. Amen. Would you just praise him one more time, however you feel fit to do that. But it does require your voice. Come on, let's, let's lift our voice and let's ask him to have his way in the next few moments. Praise God. Praise God. Lord, we love you. We worship you. Thank you, Lord. And everybody said in Jesus' name. God bless you. You can be seated. What a privilege to have all of our guests here today. We welcome you. Amen. What an honor to have everybody gathered here today. Last Sunday, we talked about Christ's love for us. Everybody say, for us. We talked about his life, how he demonstrated his love for us. We talked about his death, how he demonstrated in his death His love for us. Not only that, but he demonstrated in his promise that he was coming again. His love for us. He's coming back after his bride, his chosen, the ones that he loves, the ones that have responded to his message, his gospel, and have been bought with his blood. Somebody say amen. Those who have responded to his love have the promise That he's coming again for those that love his appearing. I can't wait to see him. I'm comforted every day by the thought. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. This ought to be the comfort that uh, runs like a virus through the church. The Lord is coming soon. It ought to bring comfort to the people of God. It ought to cause the sinner to want to run to an altar. Jesus is coming soon. You're going to face him in short order. He will be back very soon. And I want to hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. It is a challenge to the finite mind of man to fully comprehend the nature and attributes of an infinite God. His ways are past finding out. You'll never understand him. You'll waste a lot of energy trying to figure God out. Am I okay? You'll waste a lot of effort trying to figure out what God is doing. I think it would relieve you of a lot of stress and anxiety to just simply believe. 
Just believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That he is on the throne. That nothing's going to get him off the throne. That he is God and nobody's ever going to take that from him. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord. Amen. His ways are past finding out. And love is more than an attribute of God. It's more than just an attribute of what uh, a character that he displays. Love expresses the very essence of God's nature and God's being. Somebody say amen. In fact, the Bible speaks of things that God is. John 4, 24 says God is a spirit. 1 John 1 and 5 says God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. 1 John 4 and verse 8 says God is love. It's not something that he puts on. It's not something that he chooses to do. It's what he is. God is spirit. God is light. And God is love. And the love of God is measureless. It reaches to the highest mountain. Flows down to the lowest valley. It doesn't matter who you are, what your name is, or how much money you have or don't have, or what social strata you find yourself in. God loves everything and everybody. He dwells in an atmosphere continually of love that is inexhaustible. He is continually surrounded by love. That's what he is. The angels that are surrounding him to this, at this moment are saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. He's holy because his love is no respecter of persons. His love doesn't categorize sin. He's got a holy love, and the angels are impressed with it, and they cannot cease day and night to declare his holiness. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord. Can you give me this mic? Thank you very much. Somebody say praise the Lord. The love of God is measureless. It reaches beyond all human limitations. He dwells in an atmosphere that is inexhaustible in love. So why would he venture to walk among us today? Maybe it's because he is, he is drawn to those that are made in his image and in his likeness. He loves us today. And I'm thankful for that. To adequately express and describe the love of God is very difficult. In fact, Christianity is the only religion, listen to this, that recognizes love as the nature of its supreme being of worship. Every other religion, their God is a God. The God of the heathen is an angry tyrant, full of hate, calling for bloodshed and destruction. But that's not the God that I worship today. He loves everybody. I'm going to say it again. He loves everybody. 
Oh, I know I was preaching not long ago in a minister's meeting and I was preaching along these lines and I made the statement that he even loves the Muslim and I had a man walk up to me and said, I don't have any problem with anything you said, but when you start talking about Muslims, I want to tell you if you want a holy love, that love cannot be a respecter of persons. The Bible says you need to love as Christ has loved you. And I don't know about you, but while I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord. God is not hate. He is love. And so last week, we were reminded of how much his love for us, how inexhaustible is his love for us, how wonderful is his love for us. But today, I want to draw your attention to not Christ's love for us, but Christ's love in us. And the Bible tells us in Romans, we read it in your hearing today, in Romans chapter 5. That the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Not only does Jesus Christ love us, but he put that love in us. Let me say something to you. It may shock you, but if you've got problems loving somebody, it's not an emotional problem. It's a Holy Ghost problem. I'm going to say that again. If you got problems loving somebody, it has nothing to do with what they did to you. It has to do with how full of the Holy Ghost you are. Oh, I'm going to say that again. I don't need the Holy Ghost to be judgmental, bitter, or mad, or vengeful. But I need the Holy Ghost to love like I should love. That's what I do need to stay prayed through for so I can love. Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord. That's why he sent the Holy Ghost, the Comforter. The Holy Ghost is literally Christ in you. Everybody say Christ in me. Turn to your neighbor and tell him Christ in us. The hope of glory. Until the time he returns to take us home, he has given us the comfort of his spirit. It is Christ in you. Colossians 1.26 Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. And what is that mystery which is Christ in you? The hope of glory. The world doesn't understand it. It is beyond human comprehension. But I've got the Holy Ghost today. I've got Jesus in me. I want you to know today, I'm not discouraged, I'm not depressed, I'm not worried if I'm going to make it or not. I've got more than enough to make it. I can make it. I can be an overcomer. I'm more than a conqueror. I can do all things. Oh, somebody ought to praise him right now. I've got the Holy Ghost. 
Oh, somebody ought to act like you have it. Somebody ought to act like you have it. Oh, let's worship the Lord right now. Come on, praise him. Let me ask you something. How long has it been since you talked in tongues? Oh, man. I thought this was a Pentecostal church. (laughs) Used to be a day you'd hear people talking in tongues all around you. I want to tell you, if we're not careful, we'll let denominational concepts intimidate us to where we say well there's a time to do that and a time we're not supposed to do that wait a minute I'd much rather tell you you're talking in tongues too much than you say I hadn't talked in tongues in six months some of us need a good praying through and you say well why do I need a praying through because you can't love like you're supposed to love unless you're full of the Holy Ghost It's going to take it. I want to tell you there are people that can hurt you deeply. It's going to take the Holy Ghost to love the way you're supposed to love. Forgiving their trespasses is difficult. You're going to have to have the Holy Ghost. Oh, I'm, I'm, I wish I had a voice. But I want to tell you, Acts 2 and 1 says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. I wish it would happen in this church today. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. Why are we embarrassed about that? Well, Michelle's decided to run the aisles. Why are we embarrassed about that? Why do we not think that's our identity? The Bible says they all begin to speak in tongues. Somebody shout, they all spoke in tongues. It's okay for that to happen this morning. It happened in Acts 2. It can happen in this church this morning. Don't give me that rigmarole about 1 Corinthians where, oh no, now a few years after the book of Acts, now you've got to have an interpreter. Now you've got to have somebody saying what's being snow. In Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Ghost came, they all spoke in tongues. Yes, there's the operation of the gift. But I want to tell you when the Holy Ghost moves, people are going to demonstrate. Oh, I wish you'd just praise the Lord for a minute. Somebody say praise the Lord. Romans chapter 5, verse 5. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. I need the Holy Ghost. I'm going to say this right now. And if you get offended, if it rubs you the wrong way, then you need to turn around. Because it's the truth. I 
I just kind of snicker a little bit. I kind of get that wily smile on my face. When people claim to have the Holy Ghost, they don't happen to attend this church, but something got in their theology that says because they don't attend this church, I can walk up behind them in Walmart fixing to pay for their stuff, and I can say, hello, how you doing, and they won't even speak to me. I want to tell you right now, that's not the Holy Ghost. I don't care how much they talk in tongues or what they say they believe. If they can't love their brother, the Bible says they are a liar. Dress any way you want to dress. Pile your hair up till it scrapes the ceiling. But if you can't love your brother, you are a liar. I'm going to spit it to you straight. If you can love God who you haven't seen, but you can love your brother who you haven't seen, your religion is in vain. Your religion's worthless. I am preaching. I find it's the height of disrespect to the God I say that changed my life. And there's people in this community that I got to make talk to me. No, I'm not talking about sinners. I'm talking about people that claim to be Holy Ghost filled. You know what I think? I want to be rapture ready. And I can say what I want to about who I'm going to love and who I'm not. But I want to tell you what the problem is. The problem's not a love problem. The problem's a Holy Ghost problem. Everybody okay? How many know there's people difficult to love? Raise your hand. Man, look at the folks all across this building. You know... Let me, let, me, let me just, let me help you with something. Submission is not a big deal as long as the leader's going where you want him to go. Real submission is tested when you got to do something you don't like doing. Oh, I love Jesus. I'll follow wherever he leads. Okay, well, what about, and he turns the corner and you don't like where God's leading. Submission is not tested when everything's going good. It's tested when everything's going bad. Your love is not tested when you got people around you that love you. The Lord said if you love only those that love you, what reward have you? The test of your Holy Ghost is not how you feel about people sitting in this room. You ought to be able to love everybody in this room. The real test is the people that aren't in this room. I want to tell you right now, I'm not going to go to hell for anybody. And you know what? I got a little cantankerous in the Walmart line. I started thinking, I think I'm going to make them speak to me. I just kept pushing it. And they just kept grunting. Oh, how's it going? Boy, sure is nice today. And I thought, here stands a person that claims to have God in their heart. 
You are a liar. Everybody okay? Turn to your neighbor and tell him, I hope to God he's not talking about you. I can be cantankerous by myself. I can be judgmental by myself. I can walk through the line at Walmart and not speak to anybody by myself. It takes the Holy Ghost for me to smile and say, oh, how you doing? <laughs> In the Lord good. Somebody say amen. I don't want my religion to be in vain. I think her name was Carol King. Wasn't it Carol King? Huh? Carly Simon. You're with me, sister. You're right on it. She knew exactly where I was going. Carly Simon used to sing a song. You're so vain. You probably think this song is about you. You're so vain. They say that was written about Mick Jagger. You know what vain is? It's all about you. People's religion that's all about them, meet my needs, give me what I want. The Lord said, you, you've got a religion of vanity if you can't love your brother. I'm talking about Christ's love in us. I'm convinced that what this church needs is a Holy Ghost explosion. <laughs> my old pastor used to sing a song. Give me that old-time religion. Give me that old-time religion. Give me that old-time religion. It's good enough for me. Well, give me that old. Sing it with me. You remember it? Give me that old-time religion. Give me that old-time religion. It's then he'd break into this verse, makes me love everybody, makes me love. Come on, if your religion won't do that, it's useless. Oh, it's good enough for me. And then he'd, he got another verse, makes me talk in tongues and totter, makes me talk in tongues and totter. I don't know what totter was, but. Love everybody. And I had you raise your hand if there's people it's difficult to love. I want to tell you the love of God is not tested in those it's easy to love. Uh, I want you to think about this for a moment. The Bible tells us there was a man that was in David's army. He was one of David's mighty men. Mighty men. This was his secret service agent. He was one close to the king. And the Bible tells us that in the day of battle, David stayed home. And he was out on his rooftop as the sun was going down. And he happened to see a lady bathing on a rooftop across the way. You know the story. He called her to his house. And the Bible says they committed adultery. And then David finds out that she is pregnant. And he says, we got to fix this issue. And he sends a letter to his captain and says, you got to put Uriah at the front of the lines. And when he gets out there fighting valiantly, I want you to fall back so that the 
enemy can kill him. That man's murdered. Let me ask you something. Do you think Uriah was saved? We don't find any violation of scripture. He was under the law. We don't find where he had done anything uh, that, that he might be law. Let me ask you this. Do you think David was saved? He's a man after God's own heart. Do you think they both made it to heaven? Are you telling me heaven's only going to be filled with your friends? People that agree with you? People that have your same skin color? No, you know what? You may need to love everybody here so that you can worship God there. I don't understand it why we can't speak to people and we're supposed to be going to heaven together. Oh, well, wait a minute, Brother Gene. When that happens, he's going to change us and we won't feel all these. Oh, no, no. When you're faithful over a few things, he'll make you ruler over many. You need to learn to love right now. That's why he gave you the Holy Ghost. Oh, wait, that's right. I'm in a Pentecostal church because in Pentecost... The Holy Ghost is just your rapture ticket stamped. No. You've got the Holy Ghost so that you can love. Oh, lift your hands and love the Lord right now. Lord, I praise you. Lord, help me to be done in three minutes. Praise God. His love's in me. His love's in me. I'm challenged by it. I'm convicted by it. When I, just, when I examine my attitude, I'm challenged by how quick I, I'm, I can be vindictive. I pray God don't ever let me get jaded. I know you got a bunch of junk in your life and that's the reason you're sitting there with your hands crossed. (laughs) You don't feel like doing anything today because you're dealing with whatever you're dealing with. You know what? If we don't all come to church and put all that behind us, we'll lose sight of what this is all about. I don't know how many chances people need. I don't know how many, when do you give up on somebody? I don't know when you write somebody off and say, well, it's over. They, they've done this or that. It's just done. No, I want to remind you that Jesus never gave up on you. And he kept on chasing you. And he kept on loving you. I'm amazed. That if I don't stay prayed up and full of the Holy Ghost, how quickly I can say, I think everybody's lost. I think everybody's twisted. I don't know if anybody's going to be saved, but it just takes a few minutes in the presence of the Lord to get me back to where I'm supposed to be. That's a soul Jesus loves. That's a soul that he died for. Anybody hearing what I'm saying? So, musicians, come on. Lord, I'm trying. 
Second way we know that we have the Holy Ghost, that we have the love of God in our hearts, is not only not only by the Holy Ghost. Somebody say amen. Not only by the Holy Ghost, but I know I have the love of God and love of Christ in my heart by spiritual maturity. His love in my life allows me to grow and mature. What that means is that His love in my life should grow my ability to handle greater challenges. <laughs> See, I'm sustained by His love. It's not something I got to work up or feel. Well, it's hard to love them. I just really got to. Yeah, you need to pray through. I want to tell you, a good praying through will fix about 90% of what the church deals with. While we're trying to clash you into maturity, and we're trying to educate you into maturity, and we're trying to teach you the ways of God, there's nothing that can compare to a good praying through of the Holy Ghost. So, His love's in my life. Sustained by it, my life should reflect a peaceful grace even when the times are most difficult. <laughs> he loves me. Doesn't matter what the doctor says, he loves me. All of a sudden, there's a maturity that comes. Interestingly, there is also a dangerous side to this great sense of loving security that we feel. There ought to be a security because he loves us. Somebody say amen. But sometimes being so securely bound up in the love of Christ, we may have a tendency to not want to mature. Uh-oh, you didn't hear what I just said. We may have a tendency not to want maturity. Remember when you were a kid, everything revolved around you? It's all about you, isn't it? But His love calls us to maturity. Of all the places in the world, this place ought to be the place where love is concentrated. Concentrated. You know, my mother used to make orange juice out of that concentrate you'd put in the freezer. She'd pull it out, put it in a bucket, pour water over it. And we'd, you know, punch on it and stir it up. And finally, you'd have a, this ought to be the place where love is concentrated the most.
Oh God, help me. I remember as a teenage boy, I wasn't embarrassed to make my way to the altar. I knew I'd find love there. Anybody hearing me? Where is this sense of pride that comes in and says, oh, I'm not going to go down there. People will think I'm... What? You know what? If, if love is concentrated here, you shouldn't be worried about what people think. Everybody here loves me. It's like putting on your onesie at the Thanksgiving, uh, Thanksgiving celebration. It's all your family. So what if you look goofy? You know what? They all love me here. Why do we have this phobia about, well, I can't worship the way I really feel like. Why? This ought to be a place where there is liberty. Because of love. I'm loved here. Oh, clap your hands under the Lord. You know why Jesus came in the flesh? The primary purpose of the incarnation was so there would be a Calvary. You know there was a Calvary so that there might be a Pentecost. God planned from the very beginning that Pentecost would be the birth of the church. Isn't it amazing that the law was given on the day of Pentecost? And Jesus said, there'll come a day when the law will no longer be on stone. It will be in the fleshly hearts. Pentecost was that day. The church was planned, chosen, foreordained before the foundation of the world. We may want to stay in the warmth and security of the church and not go to work. Not go out in the world because there are walls of prejudice and bigotry that separate mankind. But it should have no place in the church. Some people allow differences of race, color, language, and culture to create walls of division. That's the way it is in the world. It shouldn't be that way in the church. Hatred and greed turn people against their neighbors. That's what epitomizes this world. But it shouldn't epitomize the church. Violence and bloodshed are the order of the day in this world. But it should not be in the church. In our society, a person often loves only those with whom he is familiar and with whom he identifies. He loves those who love him in return. He often refuses the love of a stranger, the love to love an alien, to love a beggar, to love a drunkard or a prostitute. The outcast of society threaten him. He is afraid. He builds a wall because of his fear. He's got to keep a safe distance. Has it ever amazed you that the Pharisee says, look at him, he eats with sinners. He touches lepers. Listen, he loved them so much he wouldn't let there be any walls. And because of that, it's easy for us to love in this environment. And we've, you know, you'll find out that it's even hard to love some folks you go to church with. But I'm praying, God, give us a fresh touch of the Holy Ghost. 
The Apostle Paul, the writer of Hebrews, witnessed this problem in the Corinthian church and among the Hebrew Christians, and he challenged them to grow up. He saw this challenge. 1 Corinthians 3 and 1. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you the milk and not the meat. For to this point you were not able to bear the meat, neither yet are you now able. For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envy and strife, divisions, are ye not carnal? You are walking as men. Paul says, I can't even give you spiritual things because you're acting like people in the world. You're carnal. God help us. Not only is his love shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost, not, is his, not only is his love seen by maturity in my life, but his love is best displayed by my obedience to his word. I don't feel like loving them, <laughs> but I'm going to obey his word. 1 John 2, I'm going to wait till they get it up there. I'm sorry I didn't give them any of these scriptures, and it's my fault. But 1 John 3, I'm sorry, 1 John 2, verse 3. And I'm closing. 1 John 2 and verse 3. Somebody say praise the Lord. And hereby we do know that we know Him if we keep His commandments. He that saith, I know Him, and keepeth not His commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him but so, whoso, whoso keepeth his word in him verily is the love of God perfected how many need the love of God perfected oh sure you know the best way for you to do that is keep his word you know if I'm keeping his word brother David I won't call four or five people tonight and Tell them, make up some story about David and, and get folks to all stirred up. You know why? Because I'm obeying the word. I'm loving God. And that makes me treat David right. We're not to let the love of Christ has for us become a hindrance to our development. We, t- we are to obey the Lord no matter what the cost. The Apostle Peter encouraged members of the early church to gird up the loins of their mind, to be sober and hope as obedient children, not according to the former lust of your ignorance. He called for mature obedience in the teachings of the gospel. The fact that Jesus loves us wholeheartedly and unquestionably has allowed some people to behave irresponsibly. They have used the free expression of God's love for them as a cloak of liberty to continue in their sin. But I want to tell you what Paul said, shall we sin because grace abounds? God forbid. 
How shall you escape if you neglect so great a salvation? If you're in here today and you're eating up with your own will and going your own way, this pastor's calling you to repentance. Because you're going to face the love of God one of these days. And that love is so intense and so powerful. You would to God, you would have turned your life around. Nobody ever loved you that way. While you're griping about everybody that's forsaken you, there is one that is still faithful. And he loves you. Oh, come on, clap your hands unto the And there are folks that think because God is love, they can live any way they want to. Let it be duly noted today that God loves righteousness and he loves holiness. And because he's love doesn't give you a right to, to, uh, to do something that is contrary to that love. Somebody say amen. I want them to get Matthew 24 and 12. And I got one more page. Double spaced. Matthew 24 and 12. Because iniquity shall abound, love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, I want to make it. Lord, just help me endure to the end. Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. I got a shot for you today. I mean, no, this world's getting worse and worse. Everybody okay? I mean, no, the world's getting worse and worse. The love of this world has grown cold. What is amazing about that verse in Matthew 24 and 12 the word for love is not filio, which is worldly love. The Bible says, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. And that word love there in that verse is agape. That's the love that God puts in you. That's God's love. And you know what Jesus is saying in Matthew 24? He says when iniquity waxes worse and worse, you're going to lose the love of God in your heart if you're not careful. Because iniquity abounds, the agape, the agape, not, not love between just people. The, God's love, God's love begins to wax cold. Lord, I don't want to get cold in my spirit. I don't want the love of God in my heart waxing cold. Keep me full of the Holy Ghost. Somebody say amen. First Samuel 15, 22, And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. Only by obeying Jesus do we show our love for him. 
And I close with 1 John 4, 17. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Oh, I'd like to be bold in that day. The Bible says your love made perfect is going to give you boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. I want my love made perfect. I want you to stand with me right now. And I think it would be appropriate if everybody in this room would spend some time in repentance right now and say, Lord, I want you to cleanse my heart today. Come on. Come on. Come on. Are are we so unfamiliar with that that we don't even know how to do it anymore? Don't worry about what people beside you are thinking. You just say, Lord, I, I repent. I want you to cleanse my attitude and my heart and my mind. Come on, come on. Unless you repent, you shall perish. Come on, there needs to be a sweeping of repentance across this auditorium. It says, Lord, see if there be any evil way in me. Examine me, God. Oh, Lord, put the spotlight on me. Are there people that I've excused away from my love? Are there people that I've decided I'm not going to love them anymore? We repent before you, Lord. Come on, church, lift up your voice. Come on, let's pray. I I don't know why we think we've got to be quiet when we pray. I don't know what class you learned that in. I don't know where we learn that you just stand silently and call it prayer. No, prayer means you're saying something. That's what it means. Come on, let's talk to God. would to God there be some saints of God that would say Lord I need a fresh touch of the Holy Ghost I just need a fresh renewal of the Holy Ghost this is not about what I think this is not about my opinion this is not about what somebody did to me I need a fresh touch of the Holy Ghost I can't make it unless I'm filled with the Holy Ghost